Hare Krishna, this is Anandamurai Das, and you're listening to Sankirtan On, where by giving we grow. Today, I had the wonderful opportunity to sit down with His Holiness Giriraj Maharaj as we discussed his newly released book and the longly anticipated book, I'll Build You a Temple, chronicling the stories and uh, endeavor, the adventure that went into producing one of the most famous temples in ISKCON, the Juhu Temple property, the Hare Krishna land, a temple that Srila Prabhupada loved so much, gave so much attention to, and uh, a project that was headed up primarily uh, by His Holiness Giriraj Swami. We discuss uh, the insights that Maharaj has uh, from writing the book as, as well as being there in person, being along with the project the entire time. We talk about the importance of this story uh, for us in ISKCON and, and, and the relevance of, of this, this project and the relevance of what it means for us now, um, even today. Uh, and we also talk about uh, insights of, of how Maharaj felt uh, specifically when the project was said and done and his uh, mood in serving Srila Prabhupada and how he felt that mood had really matured and, and uh, solidified through this process. So it is a wonderful uh, and exciting conversation. It was actually my first opportunity to have Marge's association. So for me personally, it was also very exciting. Uh, so I look forward to uh, getting to hear it. Please share with uh, people that you know and also look for Maharaj's book you could go to thejuhustory.com and there you can order his book personally uh, and the BBT which published the book is also distributing the book as well so make sure you get your copy it is out now Hare Krishna Hare Krishna welcome to Sankirtan On this is your host Anandamurari Das I'm here with His Holiness Giriraj Swami and a, uh, a large group of wonderful devotees. This is one of our first live in-house or live studio audience for a take note or a, rather a Sankirtan on um, interview. So we're excited. This is a whole nother dynamic. Thank you again, Maharaj, for being with us. For I'm I'm exceedingly grateful and, and excited. I, I I've never actually had to had the opportunity to have your association, so I'm very excited. It's a pleasure for me to be with you. Hi, Krishna. So we are interviewing today specifically around um, a book that you recently released. And this has been a book that has uh, has been long anticipation and, and long anticipation for it to be released. It's it's one of the famous stories um, around our ISKCON movement, the whole saga that happened in Juhu. Uh, and the book that you just released is I'll buy you a or build you a temple. Um, and it's there it is and everyone that's watching the video we can see it's a beautiful cover uh, my friend he was saying that it's 800 pages Marge or how many pages is the book in total yes 800 pages of text and 40 pages of color photos wow yeah and and just the um, just the history that's there and 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 so much of what I hope to really get into is just the importance of this of this, uh, you could say, Leela of Srila Prabhupada and, and, and your firsthand experience of it. So um, let's, let's jump right in. The first question we, we have for you really is why, why to you do you think that this was so important, this project in Juhu was so important for Srila Prabhupada? There are two aspects to it. One is uh, the, the preaching aspect. Srila mm. uh, Prabhupada wrote me a letter before he actually got Jew, yeah. in, in which he said that uh, so far our program for India, at present we are trying seriously for a nice house at the aristocratic section of Bombay or for a large plot of land of several acres near Bombay hmm. to establish our India headquarters. Bombay is the richest city, the gateway to India, 
and in all respects, the most important city. So often Srila Prabhupada said that something like two-thirds of all the income tax paid in India came from Bombay. Wow. Such a you know prosperous city. Yeah. Uh, compared to other places. But then there was also a uh, another dimension. Hmm. which was Srila Prabhupada's promise to Sri Sri Radharasa Bihari hmm. that he would build them a temple. Hmm. Um, before Juhu, uh, we had a rented apartment in uh, South Bombay, uh, uh, quite an aristocratic area called Gordon Road or Bulabhaita Sai Road. And on, and on the seventh floor of the Akash Ganga building, mm. we had our temple. And that's where uh, Shushiradarasa Bihari were worshipped. Mm. And then when we got the Juhu land, uh, we brought the deities in two taxis. <laughs> uh, they were lying on the laps of, of the devotees in the back seats of the two taxis. And they came to Juhu. And when they arrived, uh, Srila Prabhupada was having a Pandal program mm. on the vacant land. Uh, the, the layout of the land was that the front portion was vacant. Mm. And the rear portion had six uh, two-story apartment buildings. Hmm. So in, in the front, uh, we had a pondo. Hmm. And, and Radharasa Bihari were, um, were worshipped on stage uh, in the pondo. Hmm. And we didn't have a place for Srila Prabhupada to stay. Uh, but the uh, the ground floor flat of one of the six buildings at the back belonged to a pious man named Padmanabhacharya. Hmm. And, um, you know, before Srila Prabhupada came, just, you know, devotees were there, and the, the front of the land was all overgrown. Hmm. In fact, um, people used to distill illicit liquor hmm. in the bushes. <laughs> so it was quite a task, you know, to clear that uh, front portion of all the brush. Yeah. So Mr. Acharya, you know, he, he noticed the devotees. He came forward. He was a pious man. He, you know, offered different types of help for the devotees. So when it came, came time, for Srila Prabhupada to stay on the land, and we, we thought of asking Mr. Acharya. He was he was sort of taken aback, but he was he was very pleased. Hmm. And as Srila Prabhupada entered his home, he declared, I am taking shelter of the Acharyas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so after the Pandal, mm. uh, uh, Narayan Prabhu uh, made a sort of a little Pandal, yeah, sort of something like a, like a Pandal or a Shamiana. And then the deities were there. Mm. And... Um, his Holiness Tamal Krishna Goswami commented that uh, that we offer here here stories about devotees performing austerities for the deities, hmm. but in Hare Krishna land, the deities performed austerities for the devotees. <laughs> wow! And yeah, so they were they were living in quite simple accommodations. 
And then when the rains came, they moved into what we called the hut. And it was it was pretty austere. And then finally, we, we built what we call the semi-permanent temple mm. made of uh, steel tubes and we had it like a tile floor and um, asbestos sheets mm. for the roof. And so on John Mastomy in 1972, we moved the deities there mm. and they remained there until uh, Makara Sankranti, January 14th, 1978. Wow. Which was exactly two months after Srila Prabhupada departed mm. in Vrindavan. But we all felt his presence. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And when and, did... Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say the event was covered very well in the press. Mm. Uh the New York Times had a major article about the opening of the temple and Newsweek magazine. Mm. And in those days, color was just coming into the magazines. Yeah. But they had a full page with color photos of, uh, of the temple opening. Wow. Called Krishna by the Sea. Wow. That's and, what they titled it, Krishna by the Sea. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And we had dioramas, had and have dioramas inside the temple. And there was one of Srila Prabhupada under the tree in Tompkins Square Park. Mm. And he, he began. And um, so the, the Newsweek article, they juxtaposed like a picture of the domes of the temple, magnificent temple, mm. marble temple, next to Prabhupada under the tree. Mm. And they called it From Rags to Riches. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and, and so it's it's amazing too. I'm I'm reflecting now that just the span of this temple being built and kind of the it, it lasted most of, you know, the time of Prabhupada's campaign around the world. And this was like the crown jewel in many ways. Yeah. Wow, that's special. Um, a question was coming to me. When when did Srila Prabhupada first kind of put you in charge of, of this Juhu project? Yes. Um, well, I'll give a little background. In uh, Mayapur, at the Mayapur Festival, mm. the first Mayapur Festival in 1972, mm. Srila Prabhupada... Um, you know, called me into his room. He was staying in a hut, you know, sort of near the entrance to the land. And the, the, hut, is, the hut is still there. Yeah. And um, he said during the British rule, they had three provinces. Hmm. Uh, Bombay, Calcutta, and Madras. So which do you want? <laughs> I said, Srila Prabhupada, I'll, you know, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll go wherever you want me to, to, to go. And he said, no, I want you to decide. Mm. And I realized that he was putting me in a position in which I had to surrender more. Mm. to understand what he wanted. And later I came across a statement uh, by Srila Prabhupada, which is actually based on Srimad Bhagavatam, mm. that there are three categories of disciples. In the lowest class, as Prabhupada said, uh, you know, the guru will give an instruction and then you know, halfway down the stairs, the disciple will say, so what did Guru Maharaj want me to do? <laughs> um, although the, the more literal description in uh, Sh Shastra is the disciple begrudges the mm. instruction. 
Hmm. Resents it. Second class is given an order by the spiritual master, and he executes it perfectly. Hmm. And first class knows what the spiritual master wants, even without being told. Hmm. So I felt that Srila Prabhupada was putting me in a position in which I had to like come up to that level. Hmm. Know what Prabhupada would want me to do without him telling me. Hmm. So from Mayapur, uh, we went to Calcutta. And uh, I was praying and praying and praying. And then one day, I just got an insight hmm. that I should go to Bombay. Hmm. Because the most important program in India was life membership. Hmm. Actually, the Prabhupada said, if you just get me three life members every day, I will do everything else. Hmm. Uh, but I saw that if the members were taken care of nicely, they themselves would make more members. Mm. If they weren't taken care of nicely, if we didn't deliver on the promises we made when we enrolled them, they would complain and uh, tell their friends about it. And then even if we personally went to make someone a life member, they might not want to become the bad reports about us. Yeah. So that was my reasoning, that I would come to Bombay and take charge of the membership, because Bombay was the head office. Mm. But when I got to Bombay, <laughs> Srila Prabhupada had a different plan. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he put me in charge of the project. Wow. And and with this Juhu project, I mean, it, you're... I think it's so it's so nice being able to hear from you how important it was for Srila Prabhupada at that time for both the, the preaching and the strategic aspect of its placement being in Bombay, one of the most important cities in India, um, as well as just this kind of transcendental aspect, this promise that, yeah. that Srila Prabhupada made to the deities and all the austerity that the deities performed for the devotees for Srila Prabhupada, it's, it's very sweet. Um, why why is such a project like that that happened so many years ago? Why is it still relevant today? Why is it important for us to remember this this story? Oh, um, why is the story relevant today? Yeah, yeah. It it shows uh, Srila Prabhupada's. Uh, well, it, I mean, and I would say it shows how wonderful Srila Prabhupada is. Mm. There were so many events that took place along the way, so many reversals. Mm. And, uh, you know, Srila Prabhupada showed himself to be extremely resourceful mm. and, of course, devotional. Mm. And so, uh, to me, the book is important because it gives a, a, a picture of Srila Prabhupada mm. that devotees can appreciate and uh, that, that will uh, inspire them, you know, mm. to, to surrender to Srila Prabhupada and commit themselves mm. to his mission. Yeah. Um, yeah, many devotees who've read the book have commented that they felt that they got to know Srila Prabhupada much better mm. from, from reading the book. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine such a, as I was, as I was making the connection of how, you know, throughout practically the whole time that Srila Prabhupada was on his campaign around the world, opening temples all over the world, this Juhu temple was in the process. And so how much heart and attention and energy Srila Prabhupada put that put into that project. And I can only imagine how much that perspective from your experience and from the experience of your God brothers of really being able to see Srila Prabhupada in that arena, how much that deepens our connection with Srila Prabhupada, being able to see that 
whole side of of Srila Prabhupada's personality and and uh, attentiveness to yeah. such a large project. Yeah, there's a uh, a chapter in Srila Prabhupada Lilamrita hmm. titled uh, "Traveling the World and Thinking of Bombay." Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. He, he took. Uh, I don't know of any other deities, but he, he carried a picture of Radharasa Bihari with him wherever he went. Wow. Yeah. Hare Krishna. And so fixed on their service. Yeah. And fulfilling his promise. Mm. Marsh, could you could you kindly elaborate just on your on your own personal mood in, in serving Srila Prabhupada? How how have you um what what yeah, I guess what is your what are your realizations and reflections on your mood in serving Srila Prabhupada and, and I guess specifically with this project? Well, um in one sense my mood goes back to a very significant conversation I had with Tamal Krishna Goswami, Calcutta. Hmm. Um in we recently celebrated the 50th anniversary of the first Bombay Pandal program mm. across Maidan. Mm. And after the success of the, of the uh, Bombay Pandal, Srila Prabhupada wanted to arrange a similar program in Calcutta. Mm. And so he sent Tamal Krishna Goswami and me from, from Bombay to Calcutta to organize the Pandav program. And uh, yeah, I was a successful collector and Tamakrishna Goswami said, um, uh, you make the money and I'll spend it. Mm. I said, okay, that's fine. So while we were in Calcutta one night when everyone else was asleep, uh, he and I met on the balcony of the temple and we discussed many things, but the, the, the essence of what I got from, from my talk with him mm. was that, uh, you know, the, the secret of success in spiritual life is to follow the order of the spiritual master and please the spiritual master. Mm. And that became the, uh, you know, f- cornerstone of my activities and devotional service Mm. thereafter. So in June, when Srila Prabhupada asked me to take charge of the project, which was not my idea in coming to Bombay, and I, you know, I, if, you know, I I was more inclined to preaching rather than to managing. Yeah. But when so there was a meeting in Srila Prabhupada's room at uh, the Acharya's home. Yeah. And uh, so, and it was like quite tense who's going to take charge of the project. Mm. And Prabhupada said, so, uh, so Giriraj, you will take charge. And that was not my idea. And my mind rebelled against it. <laughs> But because I had that conviction, you know, yes. about, uh, I said yes. Hmm. And then Srila Prabhupada said, all right, now the whole responsibility is on you. <laughs> <laughs> and my mind rebelled even more. Like, uh, how could he say that? Doesn't he know how I'm feeling? <laughs> you know, with my intelligence, I, so that's that was the beginning. And I guess I'm I'm curious as to kind of if there's any more insight on what what your experience was after that. Like you you expressed how the mind was rebelling, but how did that how did that shift over the years? As as like from that from that moment of Srila Prabhupada asking you to take charge, the mind saying no. How did that shift for you as as the project went on, even in like the immediate next days? Yeah. Um, I surrendered. Mm. 
and prayed. And I'd also heard that the, that uh, whenever the spiritual master gives an instruction to a disciple, he also gives the potency to execute it. Hmm. So difficult as it seemed, I did have faith. Hmm. And Srila Prabhupada wrote a lot of letters, and he also spent a lot of time in Bombay. Hmm. In fact, he, after beginning ISKCON, he spent more time in Bombay than anywhere else. Hmm. Yeah, it's in, um, yeah, it, uh, yeah, go, it, so in the book, there's a, a, a foreword by His Holiness Radhanath Swami. And then, because you can't technically have two forewords, so there's something like a foreword yeah. <laughs> called Reflections by Gopal Krishna Goswami. Hmm. And he wrote, Srila Prabhupada spent more time in Bombay, 554 days. Wow than in any other city in the world. And that indicates the significance of the Juhu Project hmm. and of this book. Wow. <laughs> so that's a lot, 554 days. So yeah, he, he, he would come, but early on, uh, I guess you could say a bit of a mistake or or maybe you could say there's an unfortunate incident. Mm. So as I mentioned, after the after the uh, pandal mm. on the on the front of the land, uh, we made a sort of a makeshift little shamian for for the deities to stay in. Yeah, and. Um, and so we had a brahmachari, you know, spend the night there hmm. to protect the deities. So one night, oh no, he was supposed to stay awake. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He was supposed to stay awake, but one night he fell asleep. Oh. And some thieves came and stole the deities' jewelry. I and mean, it wasn't real, but still it was very shocking. Yeah. And, you know, so the, the report went to Srila Prabhupada and Srila Prabhupada wrote one of the heaviest letters I ever got from him saying that, you know, you know, I understand that the deities are being neglected. This is a most abominable affair. And I was like shaken to the core. Yeah. Shaken to the core. But, you know, I tried to, um, gather my wits and reply to Srila Prabhupada's letter. But, you know, he, he, he could tell, I mean, I pretty much said it, that I was, you know, shaken. And then Srila Prabhupada wrote back a very nice letter mm. saying that, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the duty of the spiritual master to, to point out faults in the disciple, mm. not that he should always be flattering them. Mm. And my only interest is that you, along with all of my other disciples, should uh, advance in Krishna consciousness. Hmm. So if you find some criticism, kindly take it in that spirit. Wow. So, yeah. Very sweet. Hmm. It, um, it came to my attention that this, this I'll build you a temple. This book is is the first book really that's been published since the Srila Prabhupada Lila Mrita. Um, can you just share in in because from from what I've heard and uh, I've I've never written a book, but my my spiritual master is Grace Vaishesh Guru has written a book and he speaks often about the the investment that a book is. Um, can you speak and share some insights a little bit of the process that you followed while? writing and researching this book and um, I've heard it's 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 also very historically backed so just kind of your process around producing this book yeah um, well I received a tremendous help mm. from a disciple in Israel named Rohini Nandan mm. who gathered 
sell all the available material he could on, you know, different events in the history. First, he familiarized himself with the history, and then he gathered the material. Yeah. So, say, I mean, I could, uh, you know, there are so many examples, but just to, to give one example, uh, canceling the sales agreement, which was a major blunder. Yeah. Um, so I would see all the, um, or, you know, I'd see all the, all the material on that. Mm. And that included uh, things that I had said. It included devotees, talks in Yadubara Prabhu's DVD series following Shiva Prabhupada. Mm. And not everything that devotees said in interviews was included in the DVD series. Yeah. So he got all the interviews that Yadubara conducted. Wow. And then the Veda base, you know, it was a great resource. Uh, uh, all the recordings all the, le- you know, the letters and the morning walk conversations, the room conversations, the, the classes that Srila Prabhupada gave. And yeah, it was very well uh, researched and documented. Hmm. And if, yeah, if I was not sure if something was true or not, I just wouldn't include it. Yeah. Yeah. So how how long how long was your process in c- composing this book? Yeah. It it began in earnest uh 3 years before you know the the manuscript was ready. Mm. Yeah, I'll never forget the moment that I took it up as first priority. Mm. Uh, in those days, means before COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every year, uh, His Holiness Indradurmi Swami would uh, organize a a festival uh, in, in um, North Carolina mm. called Sadhu Sangha Retreat, mm-hmm. and uh, and every year he. There weren't. The, it was. It was only a few days long, and every year he would ask me to give a a, a, a talk. So in one talk, I spoke of something in relate in relation to the history of Jew, mm. and um, <clears throat> and then after the talk, you know, I went down into the chairs in the audience, and I sat next to Indradurmi Swami. And he took me by the hand and he said, uh, you know, I've never, I never heard that before. You have to write this book. Mm. And that somehow that entered my heart and I, and I, I took it to heart. Mm. And that, that became my, um, my focus. Mm. That became my focus and it, and it took three years. Wow. And it was it was finished. The manuscript you finished it this last 2020 during this the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I was just I was just trying to catch the timeline. It was kind of the uh, the last final stretch. It seemed like when everything shut down, it gave you that opportunity to really focus well, primarily. Yeah, I don't. Rem- uh... Well, I was, yeah, I was focusing. Hmm. It, was, it was, you're right about, you're right about the pandemic because uh, although it was my priority, it was hard to focus on writing while traveling. Yeah. So when I was unable to travel, then I could really work on it hmm. in earnest. Yeah. Wow. Um. You were you were involved from pretty much the beginning to the end, and I, I, I was thinking too how excited I am to read this book because 
uh, earlier this year, I finished Shama Sundar's um, part two of Chasing Rhinos. And, and he, was, he was there in Bombay in the very early years. And so he, he gives a, a, a perspective of kind of the early days and you were always there uh, in, in the beginning. So you were, you were involved really from the beginning all the way to the end. Um, what is, what's some advice that you can share on, or like perspectives on remaining fixed in Krishna's service over time? Because so many obstacles were coming up for you. And, and still there was this uh, perseverance. So what kind of advice or realizations do you have about that perseverance in Krishna's service? Well, many devotees came and went mm. in that period. And, uh, and Srila Prabhupada said that I was the only one who really understood what he wanted to do there. Mm. So, I guess he was implying a combination of two things. One, my, you know, conviction mm. that the secret of success in spiritual life is to follow the order of the spiritual master and please him. Mm. And the other is that I actually appreciated his vision mm. for the project. Yeah, many devotees thought, oh, Jews, too far from the city, our life members will never come. Mm. And at one stage, <laughs> I guess they even organized a delegation of life members to approach Srila Prabhupada and say, you know, it's too far from the city, we won't be able to come. Mm. But Prabhupada had his vision and he, he stuck to it. I appreciated the vision top of just you know um, being loyal to Srila Prabhupada yeah and um, and it was successful hmm hmm if there is I'm sure there's many and I'm sure as as each individual devotee will read this book there's a there's so many lessons that they'll be able to draw from it. But if there is a, a specific lesson, do you have a specific lesson in mind, something that you really want devotees to take away as they're reading this book? Is there something in there? Yeah, they should um, they, they should uh, believe in Srila Prabhupada and hmm. surrender to him and serve him and uh, dedicate themselves fully to him. Hmm. But I also wanted to glorify not only Srila Prabhupada, but also the devotees who helped him mm. during the whole uh, endeavor. Yeah. And, um, and I, I think many devotees, readers, have come to appreciate, you know, this, the, the surrender and sacrifices of, you know, so many of their early devotees who assisted Srila Prabhupada in the project. Mm. Yeah, there's one nice, I, th I think I can find it pretty. Um, Okay, so um, there was a, a, a devotee. He, he wasn't in Juhu very long. His name was Manasatita Das mm. from Italy. And um, he later commented, we were living in bad conditions, but inside our hut, we were happy because Prabhupada was there. Mm and we were safe from materialistic life. When he was present, he would give lectures two times a day, and we could see him all day long. Mm. From the Brahmacharya Ashram, I could see him chanting his rounds. 
We didn't care that we were sleeping on the ground or in a place where rain came in. <laughs> we were very happy, really very happy. Whenever I remember those days, I weep. So, yeah, uh, I th yeah, I think another lesson is that, um, you know, something like what Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur said that, you know, any, any discomfort mm. experienced in the course of service to my Lord, I will take as the greatest happiness. Mm. So, yeah. You mentioned when, uh, when finally the temple was finished and there was the, and the deities were brought into their, their home. Uh, it was at Makara Sankranti, just a few months after Srila Prabhupada wrapped up his pastimes on the planet. Um, you described you really felt Srila Prabhupada's presence. Could you share a little bit more about the experience of that day? And I mean, everything that was going on, it, um, it was. It was an unprecedented emotional time, I'm sure, for devotees all over the society. But what was what was the experience for you like on that day? Um, well, I I, I was nervous. Mm. <laughs> I couldn't sleep, and um, many you know important dignitaries came. Mm. There was Raj Narayan, who was the uh, Minister of Health hmm. in the central government. And then there was um, Vasant Rao Patil. He was the chief minister of the state of Maharashtra. Hmm. And there was Prabhudas Patwari. He was, I think, the governor of Madras. Um, so there are a lot of, you know, very important people. And, um, yeah, I just, <laughs> I didn't want anything to go wrong. Yeah. And, you know, Tamal Krishna Goswami was there. He was very uh, competent. And, um, but I just felt that Srila Prabhupada was pleased. Hmm. That, you know, he made that promise, I'll build you a temple. Mm. And two months to the day after his departure, uh, he, you know, with, he fulfilled his promise. Mm. You know, he helped him to fulfill his promise. And I, you know, I feel he was like, you know, beaming with pleasure. Mm. And our one of our god brothers named Pundarik Vidyanidhi uh, Das. Hmm. He's in Alachua now. Very, very nice devotee. He was in Juhu, you know, for quite a while, on and off. And he said that when the curtains opened on the deities on, during the opening Uh, he just saw that the, he saw the deities were really Radha and Krishna. He's, he never had that experience before. So vividly. So I guess Srila Prabhupada was giving mercy and Radharasa Bihari were giving mercy mm. to all the devotees who were present and especially who had sacrificed along the way up to to bring the project to its successful combination in the grand opening. Mm. Maharaj, is there anything that you realized about yourself or your own experience having kind of gone back through um, everything that you had remembered and everything that had gone on with the Juhu project? Is there anything that you learned about yourself or anything that, you know, stuck out to you in a different way, this in this oh, it, process? In the, yeah, in the process of writing? Yeah. 
I, I guess what struck me was how uh, merciful she Prabhupada was. Hmm. I mean, during the time we were like so in, engrossed and embattled in dealing with so much opposition and so many challenges. Um, I mean, sort of like, you know, you can't see the forest for the trees, like you're, you're, you're 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 in the forest. You're all you're seeing is all the trees. You're not able to see the whole picture of the forest. Mm. Going through the process of writing the book, it was like you know seeing the whole picture. Mm. And yeah, Shiva Prabhupada was extremely merciful and um, supportive of me. And uh, yeah, he made some statements that really um, touched my heart. I mean, he said them to, I guess, encourage me, but one was um, that uh, Bombay is like Kurukshetra. Mm. Giri Rajas are Arjuna. Mm. And then another one was um, uh Giri Raj is Bombay and Bombay is Giri Raj. <laughs> wow. Um, so yeah, he really was very merciful and, and, and he engaged us and encouraged us along the way. Hmm. Yeah. This year, we're celebrating Srila Prabhupada's 125th appearance anniversary. Um, what would be the most beneficial way to commemorate this occasion? Well, uh, reading uh, what Srila Prabhupada wrote and reading about Srila Prabhupada. Mm. Um, his Holiness Mukunda Das Goswami spoke to me some years ago mm. about the importance of, of books written about Srila Prabhupada. Mm. And he gave the example that the, that the Goswamis wrote so many books. But of all the books, Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita is the most important. Hmm. And it was about the Goswamis. Hmm. Of course, it did include a lot of their writings, but you know, it was, it was about them. Yeah. So, um, and I remember when the Srila Prabhupada Lilamrita first came out, hmm. I was at the temple president in Juhu. And um, people would come to my office and say they, you know, they they never really understood Srila Prabhupada or even ISKCON until they read uh, the Prabhupada Lamrita. Hmm. And after reading the Prabhupada Lamrita, they felt more um, inspired to read Srila Prabhupada's books. Yeah. So, yeah, I. I would say for this, uh, you know, 125th anniversary, read Srila Prabhupada's books, read books that devotees have written mm. about him. Um, and just do anything and everything we can that would please him. Mm. Um, and I was going to say, which means, you know, bringing people to, bringing people to him, bringing new people. Mm. But he often said that um, it's more, it's more important to maintain a devotee than to try to make a new devotee. Mm. So, of course, he's pleased when new people come, but he's very concerned about our existing devotees, that they should be strong and happy yeah. in Krishna consciousness. Mm. 
Yeah, I love this point. I think uh, it's something for me personally that's also um, in realizing Srila Prabhupada's or in, in attempting to realize Srila Prabhupada's mission and Srila Prabhupada's heart and the, the aspect of Nirvishesha Shunyavadi that he came to, to rid the Western countries of this impersonalism and, and how much still the tendency of impersonalism can creep in to our interactions with others and how important it is to be alert of that and, and how can I really treat the devotees in, in, to the highest level of personalism as, as possible. So Nice. True. Mm. Thank you so much, Marj, for just the years of service, for the years of dedication to Srila Prabhupada's movement and to the dedication that you have to your disciples and your friends and, and the devotees all over. I'm uh, very grateful that I've, I've, I've vicariously benefited from your compassion and kindness in many ways. And uh, I'm very excited to get the book and to, to dive into it. What is the best way for devotees to to find this book? Uh, the BBT is, has published it, and so it's being sold directly from the BBT, or what's the best way for devotees? Yeah, I guess it depends where they are. Um, yeah, there's co uh, copies uh, sent to different locations, hmm. and then there's a website I think it's... Uh, Is it the JuhuStory.com? Yes, the okay. JuhuStory.com. So you can go to the website, the JuhuStory.com, and, and order. Okay, wonderful. And we'll send the books to you wherever you are. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Marsh. Thank you for being on Sangatanan with us and sharing this inspirational story. We're, uh, we're very excited for this book to get out there and for devotees to be able to have that opportunity to remember and benefit from these this pastime. Well, thank you. Thank you. Okay. And um, yeah, there's, there's a, a, you know, a, a good, a good amount about book distribution in the book also. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, because Srila Prabhupada um, encouraged it so much. Mm. Although he, he did introduce the life membership program hmm. in a way as the main program in India. But he also said that he devised the life membership program as a way to distribute his books. Hmm. So, yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Maharaj. Thank you for taking this time to be with us and thank you for sharing and thank you for all the other devotees that have tuned in as well. Uh, thank you for listening to Sankirtanan. Sankirtanan is really our, our, our heart is to inspire and share about the uplifting uh, flow of engaging in the Sankirtan mission of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Srila Prabhupada. And by us serving in that, uh, in this broader mission, uh, how much we are benefited and uplifted in our own relationship with Krishna. So thank you for listening. And Maharaj, again, thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Organizing. Hi, Krishna. Thank you again for listening to Sankirtan On. Please feel free to subscribe and share with your friends for regular updates and inspirational stories on how by giving we grow. Thank you for sharing this time with us. All glories to Srila Prabhupada.